This episode is brought to you by Quests for Authenticity, a confidence coaching program that uses D&D to help you become just as confident in real life as your characters are at the game table. Visit www.questsforauthenticity.com to learn how the program helps people stop being an NPC in somebody else's story and become the hero of their own, or to take a free quiz that will stat you as a level one character in real life. Welcome to the Compendium, a resource designed to help you spend less time learning D&D and more time actually playing. Let's talk about something else too, as you were talking about the DM gets to choose from the the cleric spells. Um, It made me think about the, the times in the campaigns where clerics might stray from their deities or might yes. start acting against them. And I know you and I have had this conversation and I think it's important to bring up here that it can become an in-game mechanic, especially yes. as the DM seems, DMCs fit to exercise the, the consequences of that. And, and that could be like, even if you succeed on this, your intervention might be your deity giving you like a level one cleric bump because mm-hmm. they're like, you don't really deserve a whole lot from me right now. Why did you bother me? Um, yeah. And so let's talk a little bit and like interject wh- how you run that, what your thoughts are on when players either consciously or unconsciously start to deviate from their deity, especially with a class that is so absolutely focused on having to follow that deity in order to channel that power. Yeah. When, when players, and it doesn't happen that often, actually, uh, in my experience, when they start to take their class features for granted, because this is one of the few classes where you super can't do that. Warlock is another good one. Paladin is right. another good one. Um, you know, fighters don't have this problem. Uh, but uh, because their power is so great, but the aperture in which it comes through is so small, a single deity with a single relationship or adherence to uh, a list of, of tenants and, and rules and regulations, it could be really, really bad. And again, to reference back to Vox Machina, because it's a, a really common touchstone for a lot of people, you see that with Pike. She goes through a crisis of faith where a lot of her spells just aren't working because she feels like she's walked off the path that she was supposed to be on. Um, And so it does give you a lot of great uh, narrative ammunition and fodder as a dungeon master to move the course of the whole adventure so that their cleric who they really need to be at full power to you know cast things like resurrections and healing Mm -hmm. and such um to go on a side quest where they can figure out you know how to get redemption or how to uh do this uh this kind of journey of self-realization and, and repentance and, and renewal or travel to the new nearest temple to make a sacrifice or... exactly yeah and i know a lot of people who will say yeah listen i know what this spell resurrection says but you have to do it at one of your temples uh so there's an added bonus there because you're going to need to be in a focal point of divine energy for this to work mm-hmm. or also just like with warlocks again when you have this uber powerful being whispering in your ear, uh, we call that prayer, um, then they can give you missions like straight from the mouth of the the deity or AKA the DM that is really easy to hand that stuff off. And so the clerics really do become a great boon to storytelling because uh, getting information 
getting direction and even giving new quests can oftentimes come on the back of the uh, cleric and their relationship with their deity, which is kind of great. Yeah. It's and like as a, a player too, you could have fun with like, if you low, if you roll low, when you're trying mm-hmm. to cast something and it, it fails, you could play that as like questioning if your god has turned their back, if you're not doing enough, and like really just amp up just the random chance of the game and and wrap it into your experience and just see what yeah. comes of it. What I would like to do with it uh, in the near future, I don't know if you've seen these guys on TikTok, uh, Dempsey and Davis, they do Demigod Helpline. Uh, oh yeah, where uh, like Hercules or Perseus or whoever will call in, and they don't get their divine parent they get jan uh who is the in-between who literally works at a divine call center and tries to help them solve their problems and i would love for a low rolls or bad rolls rather on this divine intervention thing when they pray they don't get zeus or hephaestus they get jan I think that would be hilarious. Uh, so uh, you can have a lot of fun with it. Uh, there's a webcomic called Order of the Stick, where for a while their cleric, their dwarf cleric of Thor, uh, when he would try to do stuff like that, he would get a uh, automated uh, uh, call center where he would have to like spell like the first few letters of the uh, effect that he was trying to get. But he... <laughs> But he has a terrible, like, just thick Scottish accent that's even you can see it in the comic. Uh, and oftentimes we get, you know, he's looking for like healing, but instead it's like, you have selected herpes. Is this what you wanted? No. And then, like, it's just like basically, you know, automated uh, operator, operator, uh, Thor, get me Thor. And it's just, it's great. So there's a lot of fun that could be had. It's almost uh, like the DM being able to make up wild magic. Of their own story, yes, but for yes. the cleric, like in a lot of ways, I think that the DM could just think of it in that context and then run with that thread. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there is one little addendum to the to the as we said the vanilla uh, cleric that I want to add that if you do have Tasha's uh, Cauldron of Everything, which I highly recommend, there are three new uh, abilities for all that you can choose to use if you want for all uh, all clerics. Uh, there's a level two thing called Harness Divine Power, uh, where as a bonus action you can uh, use your holy symbol and regain one expended spell slot, kind of like how wizards can do. Uh, and the uh, level of that spell slot can't be any higher than half your proficiency bonus rounded up. And uh, you can use it uh, once at second level, twice at uh, sixth level, and three times at 18th level. And it recharges on a long rest. You At fourth level, you can switch out uh, cantrips, which is kind of common now. And then at eighth level, um, there's a thing that can replace divine strike or potent spell castings, which we'll get into later, uh, where basically you can just um, do uh, when you hit something with a weapon or a cantrip you can add an extra d8 of radiant damage to it uh and you can only uh do it uh once per turn so little little flavor things there not anything groundbreaking but it's uh it's nice to have thanks for equipping the compendium We hope you enjoyed listening in to the conversation this week. If you haven't done so already, it would help us out if you take a minute to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a good review. We hope to see you back in a few days for the next episode, where we'll be continuing our discussion delving further into the world of D&D.